Welcome back to the Total Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. Our special guest this week has a very unique title. She is the current reigning Ms. Virginia 2019-20. Because of COVID, she also inherited the title from Miss America. So she has a partial year as, as 19 going into 20. So she is the now 16-month plus reigning title holder for Virginia. So she is Miss Virginia 1920. Dot Kelly is on the show. I am so excited to have Dot. Um, outstanding, hardworking, always taking all opportunities. I really hope that you guys listen to this complete episode and really see how taking all opportunities and not turning things down actually pays off and really benefits you in the future. So please stay tuned and stay engaged. Our sponsor of the week is Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you need photos or videos, they are the team to get the job done. If you have a wedding, if you need photos, if you have a special event, you need photos, or if you need professional headshots, reach out to Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. And if you have a video project, a wedding videography, or a commercial you need to shoot, they are the team to get the video jobs done. So make sure to reach out to Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions for your photo and video needs. And welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Dot, it's so um, exciting to have you on the show. Um, it's always nice to have one of my sister states, um, and uh, especially uh, someone from um, the American system. Everyone loves the American system, so um, we we really appreciate you coming on the show. And, uh, and uh, basically, it, you're in a very unique if not um completely in your own area i don't think that anyone has um taken over a, a, assist, a title for someone who's won a national title and then basically now is going to hold the title for almost two years um i i think am, am i right do you know of anyone else because i can't think of anyone else that there there was that in that situation no, I think I'm in a very unique situation, and I definitely count myself as very blessed. Yeah, I mean, I just, I always, I don't know, I'd love to get your opinion on it. Um, I always feel it's kind of, I get awkward maybe, or unfair, maybe unfair is not the right word, but maybe awkward that um, the the first runner, the second person, I hate the sec first runner-up thing. When you the person who finishes <laughs> second takes over for the person who wins the next title up, no matter what system, if it's a national title or 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 world title, um, you basically fill in, and usually it's halfway through. Um, and depending on the system, sometimes you can't you can't ever run again. Um, so, you know, are you? Were you like so excited that you got to fulfill that, but then like, um, like you wish you had a whole year to it? Like now you have a whole year, so like, how does that feel? Like, what? It's like you got the benefit of both. <laughs> For sure. Okay, so it was a very 
it was a very hard decision to make. Um, I was 22 at the time when I got the job offer and I had to really think about it because I held a local title and I was planning on coming back to the Miss Virginia competition the, the upcoming summer. Right. So I really had to think about it and it, it was, it was pretty difficult, but I just felt like I was in the right time in my life where I was ready to, first of all, take on this responsibility, but second of all, I, I, I don't want to put an end to it, but end my pageant journey in a sense. And this is a job that I had wanted for a very, very long time. And I recognized the responsibilities that came with it. And it just felt like it was the right time. And having this little extra time in midst of a national pandemic is really special. And I, I really value it so much. But it's it's definitely been an experience unlike any other. <laughs> well, yeah, and to me, it's like it's like you actually get a full term plus like a couple months. So it's basically you get to live out your full year as as Miss Virginia, which is um, such a um, such a blessing because Virginia is such an awesome state to represent. So to only get to represent it for half half a year on a normal circumstances is, uh, is, is such a, um, a bummer, but you get, you, you got the opportunity now to represent it for your full, like a full term. So that's, that's gotta be awesome. It's, it, it really is. I think awesome's a great word. To yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, Virginia is so big that like only getting half a term to really visit it and represent it, um, is, is hard to achieve, but um, even with COVID, you can do virtual visits and be able to do stuff and really still make an impact. So, I tell my director all the time that being Miss Virginia is just not only a special job, but it's a very unique opportunity, I feel, compared to um, other states. And that we have this collaboration with the Virginia ABC, which is our local, our, not local, our statewide alcohol and beverage corporation and I am in charge and I have a responsibility to be their voice in their education programs for kids and teaching them how dangerous drugs and alcohol can be. And that particular collaboration has gifted me the opportunity to travel to 38 different schools across the Commonwealth and talk to thousands upon thousands of kids. So it's definitely been really special and I, I really enjoy being Miss Virginia. It's, it's it's fulfilled all of my wildest dreams without being too cheesy. <laughs> well, it, to me, it's really obvious from your social media that you really enjoy being the state representative. So, I mean, it, it you know, I think some people, um, as a photographer that I've met during, they look beyond the state title. But I, to me, from at least from, you've done a really good job from a social media standpoint that it seems like you really enjoyed being oh, that representative, you. you know, and I, I understand that there are limitations by that. Um, but that's also, um, you made a good point. I didn't even know it. So you have a sponsorship with the, um, alcohol, um, prevention, um, department. Is that what, and you guys, you, you're the face of, of, um, um, preventing kids from drinking and driving and, and drinking and all that. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. It, it's I mean, that's awesome. Like, like did, you, did you do a couple PSAs too, like video PSAs? 
No, but I have a feeling with our whole pandemic situation that those are likely to be a reality. Um, more video presentations. I would love to continue filming PSA videos, but that's you, that's a brilliant idea. I, I mean, I think that they should do one. I mean, I I I know for I know how boys think. If you put a pretty woman on a camera and you tell them, you know encourage them not to drink, they'll probably listen more. And women, uh, young girls look up to um, important women that have shiny crowns. So I think you're hitting that proper demographic. So I think you'd probably make a really good impact. So, I mean, I think it's a really congenious um, two organizations working together because it's in that right demographic because you want to recruit people as well as uh, – prevent people from drinking and driving and, and drinking under the age. So I, I think it's a, I mean, if there's two organizations that really do have no, like um, nothing negative towards back and forth and they both work into the same, to the same um, goal, I can't, yeah, they're there. Those are two great organizations, you know, for sure. For sure. And it comes with a lot of responsibility, just making sure that I'm educating um, I'm providing all these kids with the educational resources that they need and a little additional aspect of the presentations that I used to give and, and mainly the demographic that I was speaking to were kids around the ages of they could be as young as first grade to fifth grade typically. But I, I found that the most effective presentations are when they see a young woman who mm -hmm. is ambitious and they see a young woman who is well-spoken, articulate, and who is informed on what's happening in the world. And they really, they really dive into that. So I really tried in my school presentations to be a Miss Virginia who was real, who was tangible, but also providing um, real world examples into my presentations too. So they can make those connections and go, Oh, that's, that makes sense. Or wow. Like that's relevant to what I'm experiencing as a kid right now. And well, I found that to be super, super wonderful. I'm sure you're also making impact also because of your culture and you have, um, you know, you're showing that anyone in Virginia, cause Virginia is known to be a very white state and very, and it goes back, you know, it, it's one of the states that really pushed slavery. So, you know, to have a state where you're really breaking boundaries is really awesome too. Um, and that ties directly into what my social impact is and what I've been pushing for for the past five, six years that I was involved with the Miss America organization is that when I was a kid, I remember having one, <laughs> one person who looked like me that I looked up to. And I, I didn't realize at the time that that's not a, that's not normal for per right, se exactly. and, and that it's really important to have representation. Mm -hmm. So I, I've been really vocal about that. And that's something that's very close to my heart and making sure maybe young girls and young boys who do look like me, who are of Asian descent, who are Korean American, et cetera, that they are encouraged to know that they can do great things for the world. And that's something that's really important to me. And I personally hope we can get to a point where that isn't like, like when we're not announcing the first, you know, when it's just like the normality that there are multiple people from each di different category um, but unfortunately right now we're still in a situation where, um, 
those glass ceilings are still being broken. And, uh, and I'm very excited that um, you're having that opportunity to really make that initiative and break that ceiling. And um, Thank you. I would only assume um, that there has to be another um, young lady that has your same background that is sitting there saying, well, then I can achieve that. You know, if it's not Virginia, then it's in another state. So hopefully there will be uh, many more to come. I have uh, one of the greatest parts about COVID-19, uh, silver lining per se, is the fact that we I've had the opportunity to have FaceTime conversations with girls all around the world. And I had a, oh my goodness, moment um, in that regard with a teen. And she was competing for, I believe, Miss South Carolina's Outstanding Teen. Her name is Muscon. And she wanted to interview me for her social impact page. And well, she's a teenager. That's a pretty, and, like, wow. Like, you know, that's yeah, pretty so, awesome. Yeah, so, like, we, we just had conversation. And I remember her, you know, like her platform is called cultural and it's very similar to my diversity platform. And just to hear that my work is making an impact and that she's been inspired by my work in some way, shape or form, it, it just really grounds you into and motivates you to keep going and, and that this does make a difference and, and that your voice is being heard. So that was just one of those moments where it really, was very full circle because I remember looking up to Miss America 2014, Nina Davalori, and having that same reaction and, and the same adoration for her. So if I can do that for anyone, that that means the world to me, and it really creates a tunnel vision for why I'm in this position and in this job. Well, it's clear that you're doing this for the right things and not just for fame and attention. So, um, it, it, I mean, that I mean, sometimes it is for that, and clearly your intentions are pure. So, I mean, it's very obvious. So, thank you. Um, so why don't we, for those listeners out there that are looking up to you that want to achieve your goals, so so why don't we give them a kind of a background on how you did achieve your goals. So originally, uh, are you born and raised here or did you migrate here from South? Um? I was um, raised in Hampton, Virginia. Okay, so you're born and raised, okay. And then yes. did um, were you originally playing sports or did you, um, were you more into playing piano or, 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 or or I an couldn't play a sport or... if I tried. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. You, you know. I was very much that kid. This is the new. This school. is the new Miss America. So you know. Oh, the new Miss America for sure. <laughs> no, I was definitely that kid in elementary school that always got hit by the kickball. Um, <laughs> but okay. Okay. So, um, I <laughs> that, grew up, that's a little harsh. But I, I grew up dancing, primarily. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's where I found my passion, and I ended up pursuing dance on the collegiate level at Shenandoah University. But I grew up dancing. Mom threw me in to, I think it was a tap class, and she, she told me, she was like, you just sat on the floor, and you just cried, and, and we took you out of it, but then we put you back in a year later, and you were fine, um, which is funny and comical that I had that first reaction, because tap dance is my, my biggest joy, but... I spent most of my time growing up dancing, and the dance studio that I 
was a part of had a huge tie with the Miss Virginia's Outstanding Teen Competition and that gotcha. they would bring yeah that they would bring their dancers to perform as as kind of like the entertainment of the pageant. Yes, of course. So, I got plugged into Miss Virginia in that way. Well, if regardless of the pageant and how you got sucked in that way, do you think that the dancing portion really put you on your goal like maybe from a mental standpoint wanting to be in good shape wanting to be active I guess is the key word and also um wanting to um perform be on stage because being on stage is a specific type of um thing that an actor wants to do or someone that wants to be showy and 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 perform to the audience for sure. I think dance eliminated the fear of stage fright for me. And um, I, it comes a second nature. So I always adored the Miss America competition just because it had that talent part of the competition. And since I competed in dance competitions growing up, it was almost like it was almost like walking. Right. It, it just made complete sense. But I was definitely attracted to the pageant systems because of my dance background. Now, were you also watching pageants uh, like a lot of our previous interviewers that they had mentioned that it was a communal thing with their mom or their father that they would watch maybe Miss America or Miss USA every year and they had become very loyal to that broadcast or that show? Uh, not really. Maybe like once in a blue moon if Miss Universe came on, I would I would watch it, but I think the first Miss America competition that I distinctly remember is Miss America 2014. And I just remember being in high school and sitting on my couch and just turning it on because it was on TV. And then to just see two Asian American women at the end holding hands, like it, it blew my mind. It was like, I, I thought that Miss America would, didn't look like me, frankly, um, that, she wasn't well-versed. She wasn't like this, that, or the other. And I, of course, had my assumptions of what pageantry was. So I think after I saw that, it, it was really mind-blowing. Um, and I had been around Miss Virginia, so I wasn't completely foreign to the pageant world because I went every summer with my dance team. And I, I performed, I think, about three years in Roanoke, Virginia for that pageant. And I got to meet icons like Courtney Garrett, who was first runner-up to Miss America and our our forever Miss Virginia. Now I get to call her a sister. Um, and I got to meet other young women who just continuously nudged me into the program. I, I really credit Savannah Lane, Miss Virginia 2015, for telling me and looking at me as a dancer and being like, Dot, you would really you would really flourish in something like this. So uh, I, I was around it. I was around it, but it wasn't something that like I actively sought out, if that makes any sense. No, I understand. Um, I guess I'm going to ask you a hardball question. If that sure. water, that water um, spread moment or, or glass breaking moment does not happen, do you think that there is that aha moment in your head that, that says, oh, well, I can honestly do this because, and, um, you know, on you know, just looking at the, you know, there there in the past we've only had white contestants and black contestants um, doing very well at that. Do you feel that 
you would have had the confidence or do you think you would have had that aha moment um, and you would have done the competition or do you think that really that made a change on your life and, and hopefully others that are also in your own um, uh, culture background that said, okay, I can definitely succeed in this system. They're, they're not going to hold us back. For sure. I, in all honesty, I don't know if that aha moment would have happened if I hadn't just turned on the pageant that day and seen those two holding hands. Um, so that's a really indemnable like mark in your in in your time frame then. Yes, and and it goes back to the conversation of why representation is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no previous knowledge. I'm the second Asian American Miss Virginia, and I had. No previous knowledge until I did the research and I looked back into the archives and the first Korean American Miss Virginia, Michelle Kang, won back in 1997. And that was the same year that I was born. Um, So it's just really important to continue showing that representation in our young women today so everyone can feel welcome to the table and bringing their talents and their strengths to a competition like this. Oh, I absolutely agree. And um Mm -hmm. Uh, sadly, anything before um, 1990, uh, 2006, before Facebook, um, is really basically before social media. So it's like kind of forgotten knowledge. And then when it is brought up, it's like, oh, you know. Um, but like there's now this book of history that this generation, the current generations that use social media, they're kind of more up to date about so hopefully your name and your impact will um, spawn more and more people to want to do Miss America know that it's an open system that it will give you opportunities and then don't feel that they're not going to be held down just because of their culture for sure and I love looking up little historical facts about pageants too so I, I completely agree I'm very thankful that we have Facebook now because it's so easy to find information and just connect with let's say other miss virginias um who their information didn't exist before the existence of facebook oh it was very much word of mouth so it's it's definitely really cool when you do find cool facts and tidbits like that i mean i would encourage you as much to like maybe try and connect every every miss virginia together and maybe do a virtual meeting because i know um, not everyone can come to the state pageant so you know, building that sisterhood, you know, that would probably be a really awesome, um, um, zoom meeting. And I, I honestly think that you should definitely reach out to miss 96 and, and, uh, and do a photo shoot with her and, you know, have some kind of like, because she's basically, um, the beginning and you're just continuing on her legacy, which is really important. So, um, that would be such a cool photo shoot as well as, is a great idea. I mean, uh, I mean, I am a photographer, so I wouldn't. I have no problem um, volunteering my services if you want to do a collab like that. I remember I actually met Michelle Kang, and she was one of my first judges for the first local. Oh, good. Miss so she's like involved. She's, she's like still involved. So that's awesome. Yes, she is. And I just remember being so terrified when I walked into the interview room, just knowing everything that she accomplished, and just really looking up to her. And <laughs> well, I mean, nice I, to reach out to her now. I don't. Yeah. And I, I don't doubt you. I mean, think, think of, um, think of someone running for the presidency of the United States. You have the, uh, 
weight of all the other previous presidents on you on top of you and then it's only after you're done with um your years of service that you get to be a, a former president and you get all the benefits so i mean that for sure you know there there is a you know you have plenty of time being the title holder or whatever but you know it's going to be so cool to be a former too you know and I think with that in mind, that's why the word legacy has such an important yes. place in, in my brain and like just how I think is operate and act as Miss Virginia because I just realized how much it meant to me being in the system and I want to make sure that I do that for somebody else. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. Your, your legacy and how you leave, you know, you – Typically, your responsibilities are for 12 months and, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you typically how I would think of it is that you need to leave it in the, you need to leave it better than how you received it. You know, maybe oh, getting yes. more, better, maybe more sponsors, better sponsors is not the right way to say, it, but more sponsors, you know, um, more contacts for, for, you know, and setting up interviews for that next person. So that next person, you know, because you. I would always, you know, you always want to do something better for the next generation, even if it's literally only like, you know, 12 months away. So for sure. And I think with this strange time that we're in, as yes. I like to say, it, it calls for a new change within the responsibilities of title holders in us having to be social media savvy, as you brought up previously, and mm -hmm. being innovative and creating new things. And, and social media is still growing and changing rapidly. But I mean, I was I was considering creating some TikToks of all things to uh, keep Miss Virginia relevant and to just really expand what that legacy means. I but, think that would be a great idea. Maybe um, something, something fun and hip. <laughs> yeah, something to to talk about the history you know, form, you could even, yeah, I think a TikTok would, because they're so short, you know, you could, you could um, highlight a year every year, you know, because informing p uh, younger girls about the history of the system is so important. Um, I don't know if you ever had a history major or, or a professor ever say that you are doomed to repeat yourself unless you learn from the past. So, um, the more you can learn about past um, title holders and the success they have, the, the greater success you'll have in, during your reign. I actually really enjoyed history growing up. Yeah, I um, love history. So. It's, it's so fascinating. I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week. Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. So I've taken us on a tangent, and I apologize because it was really interesting. But I really want to. Oh no, you're to, good. No, no. So, but I know our audience is probably wondering how you eventually won Miss Virginia. So let's let's go back to your story. So, 
you primarily got introduced to the Mr. Virginia system by doing ballet and doing the performances between um, changing dresses and, and, and doing the performances at the state competition. And you got, um, did you, you had mentioned you had gotten interested in the teen or, or were, or, or aware of the teen. Now, did you compete in the teen competition yes. as well? And, and that's going to, I, I don't know if we're on right now, but that'll oh, yeah, be yeah, a yeah, yeah. No, no, we're on. Because <laughs> no. it, it's very similar to the whole runner-up story. Um, my, no. my pageant journey has been very strangely and coincidentally full circle. But hey, maybe it's just your lucky charm, you know. You know some, <laughs> some, some people have, you know, other, you know, this might be your lucky charm, you know. I, I'd like to think so. <laughs> hey, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing that you have to remember is that they they look at the record books and it says winner. They they don't they don't ever like say that you won by a hair or f by a point. So it's just that that's all it that matters. So, and I I just remember being at Miss Virginia and just being freaking out that I was even first runner up because mm -hmm. that was the highest that I had ever gotten. Um, so it it I don't know. Maybe I'm like weird, but it it doesn't the whole winning part of pageantry isn't something that I really, of course it's nice to win, but it isn't something that I have really ever obsessed over. I just have a little too much fun just being there and just like experiencing well, it. I'm getting the impression that it's the journey for you. That's more important than the moment. So, mm -hmm. you know, that moment of them crowning you is not as influential Am I right to you as much as that whole journey? And you're getting 10 times much the more journey than anyone else is. So, you know, it's totally much more of a fun journey for you. Am I wrong? Am I? Yes. No, you're, you're right. And it's because. And your attitude is awesome that way because some people could totally take it the other way. Like I never got. Thank you. No, seriously. Cause think about it. Like someone else could be like, I never, no one ever like stand it up and like hoot and holler and, and clap for me, you know, but I have to take on this burden for like twice the amount of time. You don't, you're not, it's not even, that's not even like, that's like to you is the fun part, you know? I really, I've really thought about it. And I think it has a lot to do with just my cultural upbringing too, and having a Korean mom mm -hmm. and she would just hammer it into me that, you know, it's not about winning. It's not about winning. It's not about winning. And I wasn't necessarily good at things growing up. Like, I wasn't good at dance. I was, <laughs> they threw me in the back half the time. Um, but, I, I, and I think just having that mindset and just going through experiences just really brought that particular mindset to me when I went into this. And, and I'll share that in my entry story of how I got into Miss Virginia. But yeah. I think just, like, nothing came easy so i just worked for it and i do appreciate the journey the journey's the best part i mean i agree and i mean i i own a travel agency as well and and your culture um is a known for just being so polite and being so hospitable and like being so welcome so i mean it just um it i'm not shocked that your mom is like you know it's all about you know the experience and learning from opportunities and taking adversities so that 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 doesn't shock me in any way 
So and I like have a co- of course have human moments, but I also had a military dad too. So now gotcha. that we're talking about like upbringing, maybe that's maybe I really like credit my parents, and I'm mm-hmm. really grateful for just things that they've taught and shared with me. But I also wonder too if that's why, because I remember there were times where. You know, if I got bratty for a second, my parents would not have it. They were like, Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> I mean, that's a ongoing debate. Is it, is it, is it, um, nature, or nature, nature, and nurture. And, uh, I mean, it's gotta be a factor of both, you know? Um, you know, I, I think that your parents have a very grounded, um, place in, uh, like reality and they clearly pass that on to you and uh and that you know i hope you can do the same because americans tend to be tend to be a little like full of it so the more more that we can have americans to be a little bit more you know kind to each other is is always a good thing Mm -hmm. i agree i agree kindness all around (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) So, how many years did you compete in teen, and how was that experience? I only competed one time, and it was during my last year of eligibility. So, I was about 17, I believe, 16, 17. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how did you place? Did you, like, did you go into the competition blind? Did you have a coach? You know, what was your mindset behind it? Because... I assume that you did dance as your performance. Yes, I did a tap dance and I modified um, one of our wonderful routines that I was competing with, just made it shorter and competed with it because, um, are, are we, are we recording? Oh right yeah, now? yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I can tell, I can tell the complete story now. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, for our listeners, um, I, I take a I take a break at the twenty minute mark, and uh, I apologize for for not letting Dot know that we are we're having a conversation. But at least you were, at least at least you didn't say anything that we need to cut out. So we're all good. Oh so. no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm excited to tell the story. I'm no, excited I, to tell I the yeah, story. please, I, I want you yeah, because I think that the most important thing that I definitely think that I would love for this show to be known as as a as a real great knowledge base so that people that want to become an actor or a pageant contestant or or a professional athlete you know they they can listen to this episode they can listen to the podcast and be like oh that person gave me so much knowledge and i feel so much confident you know I, you know they might be 12 or 10 or 19 or and they still want to achieve that but they have no they have no you know prior knowledge of that that system or that that um, industry so yeah if there you've got some if you got some good gems here we'd love to hear them here at the total focus podcast for sure okay so i i wanted to do a pageant after i saw that moment in 2014 um i wanted to do a pageant so badly and i had asked a few years prior as not really in full seriousness but I'd asked my parents if they would be willing to help me participate, and <laughs> the answer was no. Um, my my parents were both pretty concerned, um, just hearing the negative stereotypes of what pageantry is, and they just didn't want me to get full of it and 
they wanted to make sure that I was continuously looking at my academics and surrounding myself with good activities. And so there was a pageant opportunity that came up with a dance mom at the studio that I was at, and she was the executive director of it. And she invited a lot of the girls to participate. And since I knew that she was a dance mom at my studio, I knew that she would also be understanding of how crazy my schedule could get as a competition kid. And I begged and begged and begged and begged my parents. I was like, please, please let me let me do this. I will make you proud. I'll do everything I can. I'll make sure I'm prepared, etc. Um, and, and after quite a bit of convincing, they said, okay, you can do one pageant and that's it. So we went out, we bought a dress, which I told them, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll use this for prom. We'll repurpose it. It won't just be for this pageant. And I competed and that I felt a lot of pressure when I competed at that first teen local competition just because I knew that my parents wouldn't be down to giving me another opportunity again. Um, and I competed, and I think I got a runner-up during that competition, but my best That's friend... That's awesome. That's awesome, yes, Dot. Yeah. I, I, was, I was pretty jazzed, but um, I was a little disappointed just because I knew I wouldn't get another opportunity to do the pageant but my best friend um who i am still very very close with to this day ended up winning the competition so it wasn't a total loss but i just kind of moved on with my life after that and i was doing cheerleading at the time i was doing extracurricular activities and then february rolled around and i remember getting a phone call <laughs> And it was from it's that sweep same season. director. Right, right. It's got to be sweep season, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I got a phone call from that executive director of that local competition that my best friend won in. And she told me that my best friend got another opportunity to dance with the Dance Theater of Harlem for their summer scholarship program. And that would conflict with the same date that no Miss Virginia's outstanding teen. Yep. Wow. Like that that's Virginia's never outstanding teen. Like dot that never happens that someone gives up their local. Like that's really that's really it that's, never happens. Like that's really rare. That's really So rare. I was awarded the opportunity to compete as Miss York County's outstanding teen and go to Miss Virginia's outstanding teen as one of her runners up. And yes, yeah, so <laughs> My parents, they were they were so proud, but they were just so confused at everything that was going on. And I prepped really hard. I went to Miss Virginia's Outstanding Teen, and my first and last go-around was very fortunate enough to be awarded with fourth runner-up um, at the state competition. That's awesome, Dot. You know, like mm -hmm. no pageant experience and, and um, literally coming back from the dead to... to <laughs> And you're and Virginia has what like thirty girls that compete for for teen is that right? I think it was like twenty. So uh, don't quote me on this number. But no, that's like a big field at the time. Right, that's a big yes. field. And I think that particular moment was so important to this whole journey because my parents saw how much I cared about this. And they were, I, I remember, I think my mom and dad were both crying at one point because they were just so proud. Um, I. I was up on stage speaking. I was dancing like I didn't have a care in the world. And 
Um, I was walking on stage in an evening gown and just all those little tidbits of confidence were something that I, you know, wasn't really, I didn't gravitate towards that growing up as a kid. I was always the shy kid who didn't like speaking up and this, that, and the other. So it just, I remember them feeling so much pride for me being in that moment. And <laughs> this is the only time I think my mom has ever apologized to me, but she told me that she would support this journey from here on out and that they were just so unbelievably proud. But uh, that, that was a moment. But again, full circle, because who knew that years later I would get another phone call as a runner up to take over the job of a lifetime. Yeah, but this phone call is even more exciting, you know. So, you know, it's like double, you get a, the, it's like deja vu, but th this is a total upgrade. Like, upgrade, upgrade. <laughs> upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, and I don't, I don't, um, I don't argue the fact with your mom because, you know, a lot of kids um, go to their parents and say they want to do something. So I think that you just proved it and your mom rewarded you by it. So, you know, I, I think that uh, she just motivated you to do really well. And now she's fully, you know, I, I think a lot of times um, we, you know, you give full support or like back something. And then, you know, two, two days later, Oh, you know, I'm not interested in doing karate lessons or playing the violin or, you know, so, it just shows how much hard work you put in and now she's willing to back you, which is, I mean, I and think it's a good philosophy. I mean, I, for sure. And I understand my parents at the time because I was overloading myself with advanced placement courses at school with cheerleading and, and school should dance. come first in school. Like I was coming home from the dance studio at 11 o'clock at night. And then I would do homework from like 11 to like 3am. Like that was my life. So I understood that they were hesitant in that regard, and that was one of the points that they brought up. But I honestly feel that I found success in this because it was self-motivated, and I, I had wanted it so badly. And the fact that it came from a place where I was pushing myself, I was doing the research, um, was just really important um, throughout this whole journey. Being a self-starter, as you would say. No, no, and I... I think that your hard work and due diligence is what has made you into the success you are. I mean, I think that anyone who just looks at your record show, it, you know, can acknowledge that. So I, I think that when you're given, no, I, I, I truly believe when you give someone something and they may not know, they're not prepared for it, then that's when like, mishaps happen so you're you're clearly prepared to take on these extra burdens and extra you know um my, my philosophy is always that god only gives you what he knows that you can handle and it clearly yes. to me um your mom take kind of takes that same philosophy uh just the way she was encouraging you to you know you need to earn this as well as um you know, every, every time that um, God's come back to you or uh, fate has come back to you and knocked at you, you've been able to take that ball and do really well. So, For sure, for sure. Um, so you finish in fourth, fourth runner-up. Um, do you take several years off 
and then do you pursue finishing off high school and then going into college? Is that how the game plan worked, or or did you do something else? So I competed my junior year at Miss Virginia's Outstanding Team um, in the summertime, and I knew that I I ultimately knew that I wanted to come back and try for Miss Virginia, um, but I, I really valued appreciating just the time of senior year and just the craziness that happens with that. So I took a year off of Miss Virginia competitions. I did compete um, as kind of a for fun at the Miss Virginia Collegiate program, and I had a phenomenal experience. That that was a lot of fun. But I didn't do any other pageants that year. Um, and then I decided after I was enrolled as a freshman at Shenandoah University that I wanted to dive back into the game. And I competed for about three competitions, I believe, local competitions. And then that third try, I won my first Miss title and got to go to Miss Virginia 2016, which was pretty cool. So you've competed like four times then? Or, or three times, Did, because if I, you compete in sixteen, so you must have at least you must have at least three local titles, right? I technically competed and tried for Miss Virginia three times. Okay. Um, I am graduated from college now. I did take a year off in twenty seventeen just to study abroad, and also I was. Yes, I was looking in your photos. I saw your photos in Paris. I'm so so totally jealous. Yes. So. <laughs> Paris was a lot of fun. You're a very gorgeous woman, and, you know, I'm sure you oh, had lots you. of fun. I'm sure you had lots of fun. So, I mean, I, my personal philosophy is I don't want to go to Paris unless I have my significant other that I don't have currently. So when I do find her, I want to go there with her. But, like, I don't – Paris I f is, I find, to be that romantic city that is it's, – it's got to be fun as a guy to bring someone with. But, like, if you're not there, then it's kind of depressing. But for a woman, it's, like, great. You know, it's so, you know, I'm sure you, I'm sure you enjoy going to such a romantic city. So. If, if you love art, then yes, you will just yeah. be tickled pink by mm -hmm. everything that you see there. Like, it, that was the biggest draw for me. Well, I'm a photographer, I, so I love, mm -hmm. so. <laughs> yeah, so you'll, you'll like it. I, I, I don't But it would be so I, much better with a significant other, so. For so, sure. yeah, that's, that's kind of the magic of traveling, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so how did, how did, <clears throat> I guess, how to sum up, um, what was the adversity is, you know, winning that local title, um, and then going to the competition and not winning Virginia, um, twice. And, and then how did you place and how was your mental, um, um, breakdown or not breakdown, but like, how do you thought you did and how you were strategized for the following year? And how, how did you put that all, um, as a strategy for the following year? When I first competed for Miss Virginia in 2016, I was very fortunate enough to, um, win the preliminary talent award and to place top 10. And I believe I was, oh, I need to make sure that I'm right, but I believe I was 18 at the time. So I, I really went that year for the experience and to just live in all things Miss Virginia and 
just just really enjoy myself that year. I didn't expect walking away with the crown. And honestly, looking back at where I was when I was 18, I don't think I would have been able to handle the responsibility of what Miss Virginia is. Um, so I took that year off afterward and just enjoyed traveling. And I love gaining life experiences and just as somebody who has a cultural diversity platform, it's always fascinating to go overseas and just analyze different cultural tendencies. So I, it was a very much a year of growth. And then in 2018, I knew I was like, I, I have to come back and I have to come back like stronger than ever before. And there was a local competition that holds a very special place in my heart called Miss Apple Blossom. And that it was in the same city as my college. So technically, you can connect the two and say that it was my college's pageant. But I went there, I knew I wanted to work with the team. They were amazing and was very fortunate enough to be crowned Miss Apple Blossom to return to Miss Virginia 2018. And I, I very much had a really great experience. Um, I was very fortunate enough to place fourth runner up at that competition. And I think that was the first competition that I came in with the mentality of being very serious and wanting to become a real candidate for this job. And my prep team that year was unbelievably fantastic from giving me little tips of making sure that your interview paper, or not interview paper, but the paperwork that you turn in is nice and it has like a nice texture to it to just giving me the little fashion tips and cleaning me up. I think, and to be ready to present myself as this professional, ambitious young woman. So that was a really great year. And then learning all those lessons, I knew I wanted to come back for Miss Virginia 2019. And I'd like to say the rest is history, a place first runner up. And yeah, it was, it was all really wonderful, fantastic experiences every single time going. Um, and I will say that mentality-wise, I had a lot of pressure on myself um, going into Miss Virginia 2019. And there was a moment where I questioned everything. I was like, is my dress right? Am I doing anything right? Is my interview good? Like, And I think every pageant girl who is serious and who's very much, I mean, I consider myself to be a perfectionist, but who very much sees this as a competition with yourself um they, they can fall into those pitfalls of wondering whether or not they're doing self-doubt the quote-unquote right thing right self-doubt is your biggest issue you know the your self-doubt self-doubt is what brings you down you know self-doubt you know it, it, if you're a professional athlete it's not necessarily the it's not the uh it's not the 50 people interviewing you every day it's that pressure that you put on yourself personally so and i i had that energy a few weeks before I went to Miss Virginia 2019, but something just clicked overnight. I think it was finals night where I was like, I'm just going to lay it all on the floor. I'm going to bring my A game. And it was a really great experience. And I, I personally treasure my experience at Miss Virginia 2019 because I got to connect with a few other contestants and candidates and develop friendships that, you know, are, are very valuable to me and are meaningful to me. So that was a really good takeaway from this past year. Well, always having, um, one of the things that I always love is some of the other systems have like a, um, a court. So you have like 
you have sisters that you you're supposed to rely on. I know there's like you have like a top five, but like usually, um, you know, it's just the, the 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 person who wins and the first runner up that have so much focus. But you know, it's always great when you have that support with all of the girls that you know if you need something, you know, someone special and blah 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 that you can go and get that support. So that's that's really great that you can draw upon that with your Virginia sisters. And I've, again, my, I've just had such a great experience with pageants, but I think my experience as a competitive dancer has just given me this lens that you know, when you're in a very competitive atmosphere, I haven't necessarily had the best experiences connecting with other people. So to just come into something that people will throw negative stereotypes at you about what it is and then to find beautiful and meaningful friendships like that it's it's really wonderful and i i think that if i could share anything with anybody who's listening please support each other please support each other like we're all on our own individual journeys and when you make those friendships it makes the experience better um you can always be competitive but also being a a great person too no i i agree with you Doc. if we could eliminate the cattiness um i mean i don't i don't mean to put words in your, um, but that's how I would category that kind of, um, attitude is the cattiness and, um, and, you know, it's an individual sport. So your, your biggest, um, opponent is yourself. So, and only one person can take home that crown. So it's, um, you know, you, you girls should all be friends and there should be no losers because each year you should be able to, show that you've done better, you know, and uh, that's the way it looks. Um, that's the way that you should look at it, you know, because literally only one person can win that crown. And the one of the things that I wanted to really um, point out is that you even recognize that one of the years that you were um, eligible to compete, you decided not to because you felt that you weren't prepared to be a title holder. And I think that is so wise because um i think some people would not um get the hint or realize that and i think it's really important that you trust your gut and realize that when you're not prepared for something that you go and you get more experience and you don't necessarily you know take on responsibilities that maybe you're not prepared for and clearly to me that you went on, you took the, you, you got more life experiences and then you practiced on competing and then those experience finally paid off. I mean, I, do you feel the same way that you feel that you're more around a person because you went out and got those life experiences and you traveled and. Oh, absolutely. And I can actually speak on this even further I feel more prepared, or I felt more prepared to take on this specific role as Miss Virginia at the time that I did in December, not at the actual competition, because that in-between time period of accepting the job and competing at Miss Virginia after Camille won, I went to grad school, and my current 
major is performing arts leadership and management, which gave me a lot of training in how nonprofits operate. And I did an internship too with a dance company and was ran their social media. So if I hadn't had those life experiences, then I wouldn't have had the knowledge that I do now when operating this job. So it's very much knowing where you are in life and and just being realistic too and, and understanding, okay, like I can't take on this job that is requiring me to drive six hours every day if I haven't experienced driving six hours every day. But and now under the like, new climate, if you didn't get the experience knowing how to control social media, that you would not necessarily be a success at it because this job absolutely. under COVID is more virtual than it is in person. So the job that you initially were planning on being a person and being more sociable is now turned into being more acknowledgeable on social media and on video, which is a totally different job, you know, exactly. Because I mean, exactly. most, yeah. And most people, uh, most people take that as more of a USA job because that's, most people consider that to be the model job, the, you know, and Miss America is supposed to be of the people. I mean, that's how I've always impressed. Um, I've gotten the impression, so. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or you're doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. All right, Dot, so this is the part of the show where I let my lovely guest take over the show and point out anything that we may have glossed over or we need to give a little bit more highlight. And I really want to say before um, we get into the last segment, I think your story is just a proven um, that really hard work and adversity and um and just being humble just shows that you can achieve your goals and and always being open for opportunities because you could have said no to the teen and you could have said no, you know, you could have turned down this opportunity um, to take on this role as well. And you didn't know at the time that you were going to get bonus months to, to be Miss Virginia. So it just shows that, you know, be more open. I mean, the things I might... I'm, do you think I'm in the right direction? I don't want to put words in your voice, and I don't want to talk for oh, you. Oh, no, that's, that's exactly, uh, and that, that's, we talked earlier about how the journey is really important to mm -hmm. me, and that within itself, just looking back on all those years and just looking back at where I am right now, um, it's a true symbol of that. Yes, it is. All right, so who are some lovely people that, um, and I, I would, we haven't even mentioned, um, I know they don't use the word platform. That's an evil word with Miss America, <laughs> but, um, things that you would like to, is there anything that's going on that is really important? I know you mentioned that you do the PS, P, PSA is with, um, I, I is that the, the Virginia ABC, the, the Virginia ABC. 
So yes. Um, is there anything else that's important that's going on? Do you have any virtual meetups or anything going on? There is a particular movement that I felt really compelled to bring to attention. And um, although I'm not very active on the social media apps, particularly TikTok, um, I was noticing that there has been a lot of hostility, particularly towards Asian Americans. And as an Asian American figurehead right now, I just feel the need to talk about it and to highlight that, especially with a cultural diversity platform and encouraging that love, that kindness and compassion right now, especially in 2020, a really huge year where we're having those conversations. Um, there's a particular trend called the Fox Eye trend that I made a long post about on my Instagram discussing why it, in essence, is a form of cultural appropriation. And I use that term with all the seriousness that I can muster just because I, I particularly remember when I was at a very impressionable age as a teenager, seeing images on social media and how they affected how I operated and acted as well as my psyche. So what this trend is, is it's a selfie makeup trend and it's where teens or anybody on the platform they take their fingers and they like do their makeup to make their eyes more slender and they take their fingers and they push their eyes back to imitate that of a quote-unquote fox but more specifically someone of Asian descent and this particular issue is something that it, it just didn't rub me the right way and I think it's really important to highlight how harmful social media trends like this only harm the attitudes um, of the Asian American community, especially right now with COVID-19 and its prevalence in our society. So that's something I'm really passionate about. I've been working on a hashtag called I am not a trend and I'm currently trying to mobilize um, young Miss America title holders across the nation to get on board, to share their stories of why cultural appropriation is harmful and to just continue education and awareness. So that's something that I, I mean, I, on I agree with you on that. Ago. I think, I think that's awesome. I mean, I think that is the same as blackface and, um, it's, uh, it's not appropriate to, um, even if it's not in the intent to make fun of someone, um, it's not really uh, appropriate to, to act like another culture, especially when you've never walked in their shoes before. And, and, um, and unfortunately we have an administration that is not very kind to the entire Asian population. Um, so I agree with you. And, um, uh, what's that hashtag again that we, we want to make sure that we, Hashtag I am not a trend and it's hashtag it's I'm really, not a trend. Yes. And it's meant to bring education and awareness because that's I, I wholly believe that's how we'll continue having these conversations because cultural appropriation isn't just in the Asian American community. It spans anyone who yeah, is potentially a minority. Um, it's any yes. or it's any group of of people from another part of the planet that 
aren't the dominating culture, and then that dominating culture wants to make fun of. And it's, uh, to me, it's, um, I think it's a self-conscious thing that we're too scared, like we're scared. Like, I think that there are so many things that we can learn from the Asian um, population and learn from South Korea. Um, Our, our, the the governor of Maryland is actually married to um, a, um, a citizen. She was born and raised in, in, um, in uh, South Korea. Um, so I think that that should become, again, the norm. It shouldn't be like, I always find it, like I mentioned earlier, that, you know, it's the first. I'm really hoping that by the time I'm in the ground that, like, this is, it's just the norm. Everyone is acceptable that the culture, you know, there's enough people in this country that represent everyone and they're not making fun of someone, you know, and I <laughs> hope, you know, I, maybe I'm just like too much pie high in the sky, but like, you know, well, when I, we when just got to stop about... being so scared of, of other cultures. Other cultures have so many great things. Absolutely. And whenever I speak about my platform and what my social impact means, I, I do receive pushback and like, you know, we live in 2020. What do you mean? That well, they're scared. They're scared. Um, they're scared. Yeah, and like, I think sometimes, you know, it, because Asian Americans don't speak up on these issues, the, the general public maybe isn't aware of them, which is why one of the main parts well, of my social impact is telling my personal stories, being like, yes, this has happened to me. I've been to events where there was specifically an instance where I carried an American flag in a parade um, for an international festival. And there was somebody protesting that and saying that like, because I was walking with a, um, with a kids group who was doing a Chinese dragon festival um, presentation with one of those big puppets. It's like, Oh, like this, this is unacceptable and et cetera, et cetera. And this is not, but you're as right. much, a, you're, you're as much as American as anyone else. You just happen to just not be Caucasian. And that has, that's, that's not a negative. I mean, like, oh, for sure. And like the more that we can get, like I, I vow I that if I have a kid, he or she will understand that your your race plays no role in your allegiance to the country, at, in any way, and that you can you don't have to be Caucasian to to be a a one hundred percent American. You can be black, Asian. Mexican, you know, oh, they're all, they're, you know, and the more we can get to the center and, and be more acceptable, I think the, the more this country is going to be so much more incredible. I, I completely agree with you. And I think that's why that's such a huge, important part of what I want my legacy to be as Miss Virginia is just being somebody who's incredibly vocal and, you know, and I would encourage you to do that, and very much. For, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> and, and That's why I was saying I think it's really important for you to definitely highlight 96 and for the two of you to really show that this is, this is the norm. This isn't like an outlining thing and that like 
Virginia should be open and understanding that like there's going to be multiple different cultures that can win in Virginia. And Virginia is not just a Caucasian white state, you know, and there's a lot of educational and smart people in this world. And they're not all Caucasian. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's also important for potential contestants of Miss Virginia, potential title holders who are of Asian American descent or who are of minority um, descent to just realize is that this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. Um, I, there are things that I don't normally talk about in my experience as a title holder where I have received discriminatory messages. Um, I have received uh, how long have you been in this country questions. And it's, it's not easy, but it's so important to raise your voice right now. And it's just so important to speak up when these issues happen and spotlight them in a way that continues to educate and continues to lay the groundwork for those who come after you. The most important thing is to, I, I really do like what um, Mrs. Obama says, you know, when they go high, you just, you, you know, we, we, we stay. A bully can only say negative things if you give them negative things. When you give them nice things, they don't know how to deal with it. So when that bully comes up, you just continue giving them compliments, and eventually they will get the hint. It might take a while, but they will get the hint. And also, it at many times I find that these instances, too, they don't come from a malintent, or they don't come from a bad place, oh, no. more of a place of just not understanding right um and it's about it's education also, it's about education yes it's about education and it's a skill too it's a skill too to like mm-hmm. see the situation recognize it but then continue to go higher as you said mm-hmm. when they go low we go high so exactly exactly well um is there anything else that we should definitely point out dot because i i know i've taken more than an hour of your time so i i don't want to hold you past that oh i'm enjoying this conversation oh you are well then if you want to continue if you want to continue i'll gladly (laughs) yeah another silver lining of covid that when you communicate with others it's like the highlight of your day as you would say oh well i i would say that's an awful big compliment to me i appreciate that so much um i i'm always feel like i'm um I always feel like I'm being rushed, um, and uh, I always feel like I uh, have to be very mindful of of my guest or my client's time. So you, that's an awful big compliment that you're giving me. But you know that that anytime. Thing. Oh, thank you. Well, then you know you definitely will have to be a guest in the future. Um, I would love to be yeah. a guest again. Um, well, I would love to add. Um, that our Miss Virginia competition, which was originally planned for 2020, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we have decided to postpone it to Miss Virginia 2021. So if you are interested in competing or participating in the Miss America competition, please be sure to reach out to me at Miss America VA and just continue to check up on our www.missva.org website. Um, I'm really hoping that we'll have some local competition opportunities coming up in the next year, of course, following safety precautions of the state of Virginia. But I would just love to see more young women participate in our program because it's been so transformative in my life and it's 
helped me pay off school. I have to give the scholarship plug. But I would just love to see more young women participate in Miss America. And yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> so that that's always a question. So the amount of money that you did invest into your performance outfit and your gown, did that not even, you know, the, the amount of cost of that, was that definitely greater and it, it definitely made a huge difference in the scholarship money? Like the scholarship money wasn't... Oh, so there was there's definitely enough money. Question. Yeah, go ahead. Most of my wardrobe that I used competing for Miss Virginia is secondhand. I either got it off a of Poshmark. That's awesome. There was a time that I got a dress from Goodwill. Um, and so it's really important for me to share that you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on um, aspects of your wardrobe or your competition attire. Um, the most that I've spent was on my evening gown that I used for this past Miss Virginia. Um, but other than that, you just really, you can be mindful and you can also be successful in the program and find really cute professional pieces that aren't crazy expensive. And clearly making that large investment just on that evening gown paid off because you're now Miss Virginia. So that was definitely <laughs> worth the investment. Even if you decide to sell it in the future, that initial investment will pay off. So that gown has a fun story attached to it. Oh, um, well, hey, if you're saying we have if we have bonus time, what's the what's the story behind it? So I wore that gown um, at Miss Virginia and a few weeks later, I had gotten um, a phone call reaching out to me and our current Miss Virginia's outstanding team, Morgan Rudy, who uh, I'm so grateful that we get to go through this together. I love her to pieces. But she wanted to wear it for Miss America's Outstanding Teen. Um, and so I ended up lending her the gown. And that gown has graced both the Miss Virginia stage and the Miss America's Outstanding Teen stage. So has a very sentimental place in both of our hearts. Oh, yeah. I would I would say that's pretty, that's pretty rare. I don't know of another um, dress that... Um, that's been able to do both competitions like that and within the same calendar year. So that's another rare thing you can add to it. For sure. For sure. But are you, um, I, I know I, I was watching this behind the scenes, um, with, um, one of the USA, uh, title holders and she was mentioning that she's making a room and then she's going to have a mannequin, with her crown and her sash and the dress that she won. Oh. Um, are, are you going to frame your dress? Or are you going to permanently have it on display? Like, what's your thought? Do you think you're eventually going to sell it? Like, is it is it worth too much just to have it sit there? I have no, I have not given that any thought in all honesty. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'll keep it just because I'm that type of person who likes keeping sentimental things. Like I still have my prom dress from senior year mm -hmm. just sitting and just me pretending and reliving the moment of that day. So I don't know. Well, then you need to get, you have question. to get like a mannequin, you know, it can't be more than like a couple hundred dollars, you know, right. <laughs> Potentially. You know. I right. don't know. I, I, I don't know if I have any room, but we'll see. Yeah. But that's upgrade, darling. Upgrade, upgrade. Right. You know, this is America. We're we're all about bigger and better, right? 
you know. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, no disrespect. If you want to live in a small, cramped apartment for your entire life, that's cool. You know, people do that in New York all the time. But like, you know, most Americans want to, you know, upgrade every three or four years. So, you know, you can always have like a, you could just have a like a pageant room. You know. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, I'll get to that point. <laughs> well, you had, you hadn't even mentioned. So, what's what's the job? industry that you're going towards i mean clearly to me it sounds like you would probably really do great in communications or some kind of pr Thank firm you. so is is that where your job is going towards or no that uh, I've, I've given that thought over the past couple of weeks and like why didn't i go for a mass comm major when i was in college but because you don't necessarily um, have to have it you just have to prove it I mean, I mean, I, I don't have a photography degree and the proof is in the pudding and I, I don't have a degree in mass comm to do my podcast. And, um, I think, I think I do a de decent job. You know, I think it's more about learning the equipment and, and then demonstrating that you can do it than, than having a piece of paper on the wall. So I, I feel like I've gained so much knowledge over quarantine just watching YouTube videos mm -hmm. of how-to tutorials, too. So you really can learn a lot uh, via the Internet. But, yeah, so after Miss Virginia, my main goal is to move up to New York and try it as a professional dancer. Um, I graduated from Shenandoah University in 2018, technically, but 2019, the class year, uh, with my Bachelor's of Fine Arts in Dance. So I would love my my ultimate dream and wish that's on my vision board is to become a Radio City Rocket. Okay. I absolutely love the dance style. I'm a jazz girl at heart, and I just I don't know it. There's a magic behind that specific job role. Oh but yeah, absolutely. Then, absolutely, and especially when you said you're the girl that was put in the back row. I would love for the girl in the back row. I guess that was at like ten or twelve to finally get to, to be in the front row, especially if it is as a rocks, um, as a New York city rockette. So like that, that would, I would be so excited for you. So I also just love Christmas too. Like just Christmas has like a whole new level of what I call cheese on it. That just makes me, my Hey, heart wait, happy. when you're young and you know, things are good. Christmas is a fun, phenomenal time of year. So, yes. <laughs> so. but, Yes, that's that's my ultimate vision and goal is to just try it as a professional dancer and audition. And um, I I would also like to get into the acting world a little bit more and learning more about what that craft is like. I'm very much a person who picks up lots of different skills. Um, well, yes, I mean, so if you're going if you're going to New York, New York would be a great place to start. And you could really focus on trying to get a bi-coastal agent. So. I mean, that, sure. yeah. And then, I mean, I would, I would assume that just based on your, um, looks and the culture that you have, you would be above, like you wouldn't be just another blonde brunette. So you would automatically be put in, um, you know, you'd have an easier opportunity to get in the door, um, for opportunities. So, um, I especially think in the acting world, you know, 
Yes, my my experience with just auditioning um, before I became Miss Virginia and just dipping my toes and going to New York and trying to make it for that short period of time is that it really depends on the job. Um, sometimes it'll help, sometimes it won't because there are a lot of roles that aren't geared towards Asian American. And it's, I don't know why I feel this responsibility and it's, but I feel that the responsibility that I feel as Miss Virginia right now, it, I feel that as a dancer too. There was a Facebook post made by a former Rockette, and she said there were only 36 Rockettes of color in the history of the Rockettes, which when was she says color, does she me. mean when she says color? Do you know what she means by color? Does she mean specifically African American, or does she mean Asian and Mexican? No, she means. She means like Asian Americans, black, like. Um, Whoa. Yes, they they have an alumni group where they keep track of that. But that blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh! So again, there's another. Well, that's a ceiling you definitely. Too. That's a ceiling you definitely want to break through. Then. Yeah. So like it it helps motivate me and like gives me another reason why to shoot for the goal goal. It, in addition to, like, of course, the self-motivated, like, I would love this for my career path. But, yeah, it just depends, I'd say. Well, I mean, clearly you've got, like, if we can just get through COVID, uh, I'm praying. I'm praying for Christmas gift because uh, Mr. Anthony Fauci keeps on saying that that the test should be back in, in around November and then it might take six weeks to approve for FDA. So I'm hoping for a Christmas gift. So maybe by January you will get your vaccine and you'll be on your way to New York and be safe and uh, things will be coming back to normal. So I, I'm hoping I that... The it, world is praying for that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I assume that it's, um, it's at least 10 months of practice for the Rockettes because would they start doing that in October? So they definitely... They definitely start uh, auditions um, in March or, or April, right? They they do auditions in April. That's what um, I thought. They also have a fall audition, too. I don't remember what specific month it is. Because it's a full-time job at that point, right? Yes, it is a full-time job. And That's unfortunately, awesome. it was recently announced that they had to cancel the Christmas spectacular for this upcoming year. I mean, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it unless was, it was inevitable. Right. I mean, but I was unless like, no. <laughs> I know, um, but you can't even do the split darling. I mean, you can't have them all touching each other. So, um, mm -hmm. so I mean, they could do the performances out, but then a lot of the, 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 the classic, high split you know you couldn't do that as a group and couldn't do the kick line so um because you wouldn't want people to get that close together so um mm -hmm. you know that's tricky territory it is no, it is it's very scary yes. well i mean clearly you're at least for the next um the next year you have your plans and then you know it looks like the next three years you have a pretty pretty strong goals there so I'm really excited for your future, and I, I hope you please yeah. um, check back in with us and let us know how you're doing. And and um, we really appreciate you telling us all about your story and uh, really giving us some insight because I know that there 
there are plenty of people that are you at five year old or six year old or 10 that are looking up to you now. And I, um, I really hope that this gives them a voice and understanding that they can eventually become Miss Virginia. So thank you, Paul. No. And, uh, please, um, we hope you will come back on the show one day. Anytime. I, I enjoyed our conversation today and thank you again for having me. Dot, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, sometimes it's really hard to get a very lively conversation. And I have to say, having a conversation with you is very easygoing and fun. And I think all of the knowledge that you have been able to drop and provide is so, so, so crucial. And I really hope that our listeners really do pay attention and take advantage to all of the rich and just deep knowledge that you dropped. And I hope for you only the best. And I hope that we get through COVID. And when we get through COVID, you get your opportunity to be, I believe, number 24 in the cultural database for the um, New York um Red Rockets. So um, I hope you break that glass ceiling and really make an impact. And we are here at the Total Focus Podcast. Really excited for you. That said, I want to remind everyone that we have two shows here on the feed for the Total Focus Podcast. The podcast, which you are listening to now, and the movie review show with my co-host, Yvonne Carlos where we talk about movies and just have a good, fun time. So please continue listening to our podcast and commenting both on our movie review show and on the podcast and giving us thumbs ups and just giving uh, us a follow and please subscribing. And as always, please stay tuned.